We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon. Hey, Fox River, how's it going? It's good to see you. Hey, I just want to tell you a little bit about myself. This, this, this time we spend together is not about me, but, but, but here we go, all right? I love music. I love music. I always have my whole life. Um, singing in particular, I just love singing. Um, I've sang in the car ever since I was little. Um, even if it wasn't my family's car, I'd just sing and anyone drive me anywhere. Um, sang in the shower, still do. Sometimes in the bathroom, sorry. Um, you know, I sing in, in, in school, you know, I was in choirs all growing up and stuff. And, and even I would daydream. I got in trouble once in Mrs. Morris's second grade classroom. I was singing, we built this city on rock. And, and she's like, Billy. And I'm like, oh, sorry. You know, I was just walking around the classroom singing. And anyways, I love music. Uh, when I was young, my mom, she would constantly, for years and years and years, she would, she would ask me and she would kind of like try to get me. Here's what she said. Billy, let's get you signed up for piano lessons. You want to take piano lessons, right? I'm like, no, no, piano is no good. All the cool people, they're playing electric guitar, like Richie Sambora from Bon Jovi. Like, man, they're all doing that, you know? Uh, As I got older, though, check this out. I began to discover something. Many very talented male musicians played piano. In fact, we've got one of them in our midst this weekend. Say hello to Josh Turner on keys. Yeah. He's playing a song called Living in a Lie right now, a piano rendition of it by uh, our brother from Kenya, FMP. So I'm discovering, man, a lot of people play piano. And then one day, I sat down in front of a piano. For the first time, I tried to play. Now, it wasn't that pretty. But it was beautiful. It was. And I discovered the truth. Piano is awesome. It was exciting. To be honest with you, it was like liberating. But it was also kind of sad because for the past 15 years, I was living in a lie. I was living according to the lie that piano wasn't awesome, even though it was. Have you ever lived your life according to something that wasn't true? Maybe culture said it was true. Maybe other people said it was true. Maybe you even told yourself, that's true, but it wasn't. If you're living in a lie and you come face to face with the truth, it can change you. Truth can put every storm to rest. Now, as we move forward in our brainstorm series, it's important that you have one of these cards today. If you're at one of our physical campuses and you don't have a card, I encourage you to get one right now. They're at the end of the aisles. If you can't reach it, ask somebody to pass it to you, okay? Um, You're going to want this. If you're online, hey, glad that we're together this weekend. Go ahead and uh, you'll see a link in in the chat. Go ahead and click on that link and uh, you'll be able to download a brainstorm card as well. We're going to use that just in a few minutes uh, from now in our time together. But before we go any further, uh, it's important that we pray. Let's seek God's help 
in these precious minutes that he's given us. Because um, if we try and go at this alone, um, tell you what, I've tried that. It doesn't work very well. So we want all that he has for us. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you for today. You've been so good to us, Lord. You've given us today, God, to remind us of how good you are. God, you've given us today as a grace out of your bounty of goodness. God, thank you. Thank you for letting us just take a moment to say thank you for that. So easy to look those things over. I pray that in our time together, we would hear from you, Lord. I pray that we would understand your good news to us. And I pray, Lord, that things would change. Going forward, Lord, I pray that that your truth would, would give us a freedom and a boldness and a confidence and an ability. God, that you would even empower us to live out our faith. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, cool. So let's get into the Bible. All right, we'll turn to John 9. Turn there in your Bibles if you would. If you don't have your Bible with you, feel free to use a church Bible. In the church Bible, that's page 1525. Now, maybe you don't have your Bible with you because you don't own a Bible. If that's the case, please take us up on this offer. Fox River wants to give the church Bible to you. It's yours. Okay, go ahead and take it. We know how important it is to have the Word of God in your hands, that it might get in your earballs, that it might get into your mind, that you might live it out and grow spiritually. We want everyone here at Fox River to grow spiritually. So please, take us up on that offer. All right? As we get into John 9, it's important that we understand the context. Hey, what's going on at this point in history? Here's just a couple little details to help us kind of process what God has for us. First thing is, this takes place about 2,000 years ago. This is an ancient Israel. All right? The predominant thought of the culture, the predominant Jewish teaching, one of the things that was taught then was this. If you had a disease, if you had a medical condition of any kind, it was because you sinned. If you were a baby born with something, it was because you sinned in the womb. Like, man, well, that's a bad way to start, huh? (laughs) And, And, hey, there's some wiggle room. Maybe it was your parents, okay? Now, the problem with that teaching, which was, again, just rampant, okay? Everyone subscribed to this stuff back then in ancient Israel. The problem with it was this. It's wrong. Okay, it's wrong. There's some verses, if we had more time, we'd go into them. But there's these verses um, that kind of indicate that if you, if you look at them the wrong way. And that's exactly what happened. Okay? Now, do, when, when, a, when a parent sins, can it affect their child when they're born? Absolutely. All right, we can make some bad decisions. And our unborn children can feel those effects. And when they're born, we see them. That, that happens all the time. That's a part of our world. Me as a parent, can I make some decisions? Can I sin and my children will feel the consequences or the ramifications of that? Yeah, absolutely. That's how the world works. Can I do something even really egregious and my children's children will feel the effects of that? Absolutely, yep. And even another, I mean, you're talking four generations. It's like, yeah, we see that, in fact, all the time. Okay? So those things are true. But it's not like God holds a grudge against people. It's not like God exacts punishment on generations because, oh, dad sinned, so I'm just going to punish the kids. That's not how it works. God doesn't cast curses on people or families for that matter. It's not how it works. And what Jesus is doing, part of what he's doing during this time is he is liberating people. 
all right? You have people living according to this lie or this wrong teaching, and he's setting people free from the power of those lies. How is he doing that? With the truth. Now, to illustrate kind of what's going on here, you might have heard of this. This is baby elephant syndrome, okay? And here, here's the idea. I'll explain it, and then and we'll kind of use it, okay? This is a big, I drew this on the way over. So, um, this, this, this elephant is clearly an adult, okay? And it's chained to this tiny stake. Now, we know that a big, strong elephant like this can break free from the chain and this stake or this peg in the ground. We know that. It's strong enough. The thing is, the elephant doesn't know that. Because here's what happens. And this still goes on today. I strongly advise against this for those of us who have baby elephants at home. Don't do this. It's cruel. But this goes on today. What they do is a baby elephant, they chain it to a stake when it's a baby, and it can't break free, okay? And the baby, even though it gets bigger and stronger, it learns at that young age that, man, I can't break free from this, this, this thing. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trapped. I'm stuck, okay? So even though the elephant's full grown and definitely strong and robust, it's living its life according to the lie that it can't break free. And what Jesus is doing in ancient Israel, we're about to get into it, what he's doing here at Fox River this weekend in our lives, there are areas that we're living in darkness. There's areas that we're living on a chain, all right? There are storms going on in our life that Jesus is like, Let's break you free from that. So, so, so that's, that's where we're going, okay? A little preview, okay? Here we go. John chapter 9. Let's get into it. We'll start in verse 1. As Jesus went along, he had just left the temple, okay? He was in the temple, John uh, chapter 7 and 8. He left the temple. As Jesus went along, he saw a man blind from birth. Now, Jesus sees this man, but how many people didn't? Here's exactly what I mean. Jesus takes notice. Jesus cares about this man. How many people didn't? How many people saw with their eyes, not with their heart, but with their eyes, they saw this guy that he was blind. All right? They saw him and they're like, oh, this guy's blind. He's poor. He's a beggar, right? Because he's blind. He can't hold down a job, right? So he just begs. He's really smelly and stinky. He doesn't take care of himself. Um, this guy is helpless. In fact, he's one of the weakest guys I've ever seen. How many people are thinking that? How many people are looking, passing this guy by, looking down their nose at him and saying, oh, man, that guy is a, he's a sinner. Somebody, like, don't go by him. He's a sinner. Okay? How many people? But Jesus, right? Jesus, the one who's perfect, takes notice. Jesus cares. Jesus sees this man. Now, why? Jesus doesn't take particular um, uh, uh, interest in this guy because of his looks. Jesus takes particular interest in this blind man because of God's love for him. I'm going to say that again, okay? Jesus cares about him not because of him ultimately. Does God care about him? You bet he does. But ultimately, that's not the reason. The reason God cares about this man, the reason God cares about you and I ultimately 
is because of how good he is and how good his love for us is. Amen. Yet Jesus notices him. And Jesus intervenes. He didn't have to stop. He didn't have to notice, but he did. He didn't have to get involved, but he did. I'm so glad that part of God's unchanging, constant character is this, that God intervenes. He doesn't sit by on the sidelines. He gets involved. Chapter chapter 9, verse 2. All right, so as he went along, he saw a blind man from birth. Verse 2. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Again, we talked about it already. This is a reflection of the culture of the day, right? This is an indication of what people were thinking, and this is an indication of what people were actually saying. Imagine what this guy was hearing his whole life. People talking about him, right? Because he's blind, but he can hear just fine, okay? He's hearing people talk about him. He's hearing people talk to him, no doubt, accusing him. All right, imagine, if you were this guy, just imagine asking questions like this. What did I do? I can't, I, I honestly can't remember. Why, why am I this way? What did my parents do? Why doesn't anyone like me? I didn't do anything to them. I don't think I did anyway, like... Why don't they like me? Why doesn't God like me? (sighs) Do you suppose anybody's asking those types of questions today? Yeah. (sighs) What kind of answers are they getting? Where are they getting those answers? Because they're getting answers. How many of our children are caught in that lie, and having these kind of storms going on in their brains. How many people in the LGBTQ plus community are walking around in the darkness of a lie that God hates them? A lot. Every person needs to hear the truth about Jesus Christ, that he loves them dearly. Now, we know what people are saying about this man. We know what people are saying to him. What was he thinking about himself? Did you know, and I know a lot of people are like, yes, I actually do know this. I wish nobody knew this, but if you hear a lie loud enough and long enough, what happens after a couple years? You believe it absolutely, no matter how crazy or evil that lie is, you just believe it. Undoubtedly, this guy is believing. I mean, we're talking 20, 30, 40 years. We don't know his age. We know he's an adult, all right? But he's heard this his whole life, and he believes it, every bit of it. And everything he thinks, everything he says, everything he does flows from that lie that is just perpetuating in his mind, that storm over and over and over again. Listen, we got to be careful how we think. 
All right, God tells us in his word, Proverbs chapter 4, be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. You ever say something crazy and you wonder, man, where did that come from? Well, God tells us in his word, right, that the words we say, they come from the abundance of our heart. All right, God also tells us in his word that how a person thinks, so he or she is. What you think about yourself makes a difference. Be careful how you think. Your life is shaped by your thoughts. Now, here's the tragedy getting back to the text. Is that this guy believes that God doesn't like him. Now, if he believes that, how likely is it it that he is going to take a step towards God? God says in his word, draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. How likely is it this guy is going to draw near to God? (laughs) Not going to do it. He thinks God doesn't want anything to do with him. He's living in the darkness. He's not going to come to God. If there's going to be any relationship between him and God, you know what? God's going to have to come to him. And this is where Jesus enters in his life. Jesus, the light of the world. I got a question. What area of your life are you living in darkness? What are some of those lies that you believe? What's got you anchored down and trapped and chained? What are those things? Let's continue. Verse 3. So the disciples, they say, hey, who sinned, Jesus, this guy or his parents? Jesus answers in verse 3. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming, like when I'm going to die. Like night is coming when no one can work. But while I am in the world, I am the light. Of the world. The blind man is hearing all of this. And he's like, he's like, wait. This is the first time he heard this, right? He's like, wait, you're telling me I didn't sin and cause this. Huh. Wait, you're telling me my parents, like them sinning, that's not what caused this. Huh. Wait. You're saying that God allowed this in my life so that that the works of God might be displayed in me? Oh. Oh. Oh man, that's cool. Tell me if you ever thought this by the way. God, why have you allowed this in my life? Well, let me encourage you. This isn't a lock, but this is a definite possibility, okay? Listen, it might be so that God's works could be displayed in you and through you, that God would receive glory in your healing, that he would receive glory in your triumph, in your victory, Wow, 
that's pretty cool. Like, like, okay, if we reframe it that way, God, I'm all in now. Okay? Like, like, wow. This guy, again, he's sitting there, he's hearing the conversation, and he's thinking, man, all the things he's just churning in his mind all the things he's heard about Jesus over the past three years, because this is near the end of Jesus' three-year ministry. Like, all the things he's heard, he's heard about healings, he's heard of miracles, and he's wondering, man, what's about to happen? And remember, he can't see, he's probably wondering this, is this Jesus? Is he going to heal me? Wait, wait, no, he's not, because God doesn't even care about, wait, Wait, does God care about me? Huh. You can see the storm inside of his mind is just raging, right? These two opposing thoughts. God hates me. But wait, God, he might actually love me. What's going on here? And then Jesus, he does something. He does something that he did 6,000 years before that. He begins to make a miracle with the dust of the earth. All right, here we go. Verse 6. After saying this, Jesus spit on the ground. He made some mud with the saliva and he put it on the man's eyes. Go, Jesus told him. Wash in the pool of Siloam. So uh, This word means scent. So the man went and washed and he came home seeing. Now we know, we've heard stories, right? We've read. We've been in messages perhaps before. We know that Jesus did a lot of Instant healing, didn't he? Why didn't Jesus instantly heal him this time? All right, why? why? Everybody else getting healed like on the spot. And this guy's got to walk, check it out, a half mile down a steep hill. He's blind, okay? Like what, what, what's going on here, okay? So they're, they're having this conversation right over here somewhere by the temple. We don't know exactly, okay? And Jesus sends the guy a half mile to wash in the pool of Siloam. Wow, what's up with that? Has everything to do with obedience. Did you know that obedience is the way that God chooses to bless and heal and help people even today? This is part of God's playbook. In fact, obeying is the lane God chooses to use for healing and blessing. We see that true in scripture. We see that, if we're honest, in our own lives all the time. Now, we're going to have a little bit of fun with this. Anybody from the south? Anybody? Anybody? Like, okay, cool. This, this will be easy for you. This won't even be funny. So I don't mean to offend you. Everybody loves you, you know, even though you talk funny. All right. All right. So here, we're going to pretend we're from the south, okay, because this kind of rhymes, believe it or not. Um, I'll say it. I'll be the only goofy one here first, okay. Obeying is the laying God chooses to use for healing and blessing. All right, let's do that together. Right? Let's have some fun now, all right? Obeying is the laying God chooses to use for healing and blessing. Oh, yeah, he sure does. That's good. God does. He, he uses obedience to bring healing and blessing. Again, he did it there. He's doing the same thing today. You want healing? Okay. Took a half-mile hike down, washing the pool of Siloam. The guy did it. He came back healing, healed. He could see. Wow. <laughs> you thirst for new life? Come to me. It's not instant. Come to me. You want to conquer your sin. All right? We, we've got them, right? We've got those areas of sin. I just can't conquer this area. 
Jesus says, you want to conquer that area of sin? Remain connected to me. Do you desire the calming of your brain storms? Then hear the truth and let it change you. Hear the truth and let it change you. Imagine if we heard the truth, that's the easy part, and we actually let it change us. There is freedom in Christ to be had today. So many of us have bought into the lies that that have been said to us or set about us. But Jesus, the light of the world, listen, he has come to us. He has come to you. He's delivered you the truth of his word. His desire is to bring you help and healing. His desire for you is that you would find rest and renewal. Praise God. If you will let the truth change you, he can set you free today. Allow the truth to change you. Allow the truth to unchain you. Allow the truth to set you free. Now we're going to be using these cards in just a couple minutes. I want to give you some examples. Here's some things that you could put on maybe your card. Here's the first one. My storm says, like part of my brain is telling me this, I will always be addicted. Okay, listen, my parents were alcoholics. And, and, and I'm all, it's just kind of part of the family. In fact, did you know, scientists have discovered a gene. Some people actually in their DNA, in their double helix, right? Here's what they have. They have a gene. And it has everything to do with addiction. I got that, okay? So, so like, you don't know me, Bill. I'm going to always be addicted. So that's the one side of your brain, okay? Here's what God says. It's an opposing thought, by the way. That you are made or I am made to worship him. I'm not made to worship this substance. I'm not made to continually keep coming back over and over and over again to this computer screen or my phone screen and seeing this nasty stuff in front of me even though I feel like I can't break free. God says you can. You're not going to be addicted forever. If you receive the truth and allow it to change you, you can embrace this, that you're made to worship him and nothing else. Here's another example. My storm says, I must be strong. All right, we all deal with this one, right? We're stressed out to the max. I got responsibilities. I got bills to pay. If you're in school, I got homework assignments. I got projects. You know, and they just keep coming and nobody understands me. Some of us are single parents and we're just carrying this unrealistic, just devastating load day in and day out. We're not sleeping right. We're not eating right. Nobody gets it. And man, we just feel alone. And the only way to just grind through it is, man, we just got to be strong. Here's what God says. He is strong in our weakness. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul discovers this truth. That God is strong in our weakness. And you know what Paul's response is? 
he goes with the truth. He abandons the lie. He goes with the truth. And he says, well, if that's true, then I'm going to boast in my weaknesses so that the power of God can rest upon me. Because, God, I want you to be as strong as you can in my life. We've got some important things to do that you have created me for. Let's do this thing together. Here's another one. My storm says, I'm afraid to take my next step. God, I feel you leading me. I feel it, but I'm just, ah, just, I'm timid. I'm scared. I don't want to take that next step. It's scary. I don't know how it's going to turn out. Can I really trust you? And here's what God says, right? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, by the way, to walk by faith, not by sight, right? Don't, don't walk according to logic when it comes to a lot of things in our faith. You don't, you don't do that. That's not how Christianity works. That's not how relationship between the living God, the perfect God, and those he loves and cares for and redeems by the blood of his son. That's not how this relationship works. That I make decisions based on, is this going to work or not? Do I feel like doing it? No, he says walk by faith. If you called me, Lord, I'm going. I'm not staying chained. If we go together, let's do it. I'm not staying chained. And by the way, he says, I am with you. If you are his child, he says, I am with you. Even to the end of the age, how terrific is that? We don't have to be chained and trapped and living in the darkness anymore. These storms, they're losing power and freedom is at hand. What is your storm saying? What is God saying? What would the blind man have put on his card, by the way? Might have had something to do with his sight. Might have had something to do with, did I sin? You know, my storm says I'm a sinner, you know. My storm says that I'm no good, that you've rejected me. That might be it. Now, here's another question. What would the seeing man have put, like after he was healed, what would he have put on his card? Let me explain. He had received the truth from God, right? We see that. Hey, it's not that you sinned or your parents sinned. That's not why you're blind. Actually, the reason you're blind is so that God's power, right, God's works could be displayed in you, right? So he received the truth, and then he was healed. He received the help from God that he needed right there. God came to him and helped him, yet he could not see. Make no mistake, he needed, desperately, he needed something else. So we're going to cut to the end of the chapter right now if, uh, for time reasons. Uh, if you want to talk, I would love to talk about it. Come to Wednesday night advanced Bible studies. I teach a class in room 209, okay, here at the Waukesha campus. So, so come to that and, and we'll, we'll, we can talk for hours. It'll be fantastic, okay. But for time reasons, let's cut to verse 35. Here's what happened in the interim. This guy, the religious elite, they, they have a conversation with this formerly blind man he can now see. And they're like, what's going on? He's like, Jesus healed me. And they're like, no, that can't be it. What happened? He's like, Jesus healed me. They get, I'm abbreviating this. He, they get really mad at him because they hate Jesus. So, so they get really mad at him and they say, you know what? Get out of here. And they excommunicate him, right? So it was like the best day ever. He received his sight. Like everything changed. He can enter the temple now, right? He can, he can worship God with more fullness. He can, all of that, right? 
So it was the best day ever. But then it was the worst day ever too because he got kicked out the same day, like, like maybe an hour later or something. <laughs> it's just terrible. So anyways, Jesus tracks him down. Verse 35, Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, hey, do you believe in the Son of Man? And what Jesus meant was, do you believe in God coming to earth as a person? Do you believe in that? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Verse 37, Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Perhaps you've received the truth from Jesus. Perhaps God has come to you. He's answered your prayer or your prayers. He has helped you in your time of need. You've received his help, but you've never received him. Friend, he lived, he died. Three days later, he rose from the grave to give you so much more. And I'm not belittling, please do not misunderstand me, I'm not belittling answered prayer for a heartbeat. It's huge, it's significant, it's wonderful, it's important. But listen, the good news of Jesus Christ is this, that he wants to give you so much more than just a little help now and then. Here's what's on the table. Forgiveness of sins for all eternity. It's a big deal. Eternal life. You know how long eternal is? For eternity. Forever. Here's what's on the table. Relationship with the one who gave his life for you, who made you for a purpose, who has a plan for your life, no exaggeration, no cuteness, the one who gave everything so that you could be brought close to him. Here's what's on the table. Constant help and constant power of the Holy Spirit, who, by the way, will live inside of you. I know it's weird, but it's true. That's what's on the table. Here's another example of a card. My storm says, I've received, he helped me find a job. I've received his help. I remember that one time I was like, I need a job. And he, he provided. I remember that time I was going through that really tough patch in, in my home or in my family situation. And, and he came through. He brought resolution. Thank you, God, for doing Listen, I've received his help. I'm going to be all right now. Right? Because I got what I needed. And, and he brought me through. I'm good. This could have been what the blind man was thinking when he received his sight. When he realized that it wasn't because of someone's sin that he was blind. He received God's help, but the truth of the matter was he wasn't all right. God helped him, but he wasn't all right. Here's what God says. Receive me. Not just my help, receive me for eternal life. Maybe that's your card. Whatever your storm is, let's take the next minute or so to work on it. All right, go ahead and fill that out. I'm a two.
God is putting some storms to rest. As we renew our minds with the truth of God, things are beginning to change, even now in these moments. Trust him. Trust him. He's trustworthy. He's faithful. He's good. He's kind. He's merciful. He provides every time. God is love. Trust him. Is your card receive me? Is God saying that you might even actually wrote it down that God is saying receive me if you're ready to receive Jesus Christ as your savior let's not wait any longer he's calling that out to you if you're ready to take that step towards him and receive him let's do it now Jesus we thank you for today We thank you for the fact that you have reached out to us. We thank you that you intervene, that that's just etched in your character, Lord, that that it's never going to change, God, that you pursue our whole heart. God, thank you for the freedom that you grant us by the truth of your word. Thank you for the hope that is in you, Jesus, that things can change for the better. Things don't have to stay this way. God, thank you for shining the light of Jesus Christ on these areas of darkness in our life. God, there are people in our midst, as you well know, Lord, that have received your help, but they have not yet received you. But God, they're they're ready now. And God, you've been so patient. Thank you. God, as they confess you as Lord, as they ask for you to forgive them, Lord, please receive them. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for the good work you're doing. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you received Jesus today, I want you to hold up your card right now. No matter where you are at any of our campuses, if you're online, you received Jesus, I want you to type something in that chat right now. I received Jesus Christ. God, we thank you for what you're doing. As we go from here, I got a couple things. If you did receive Jesus Christ today or recently, we want to give you a gift. It's a begin packet. They're located at our physical campuses, at least. They're located in the black baskets. So just grab one on your way out today. If you uh, are online or if you don't want to grab, I don't know why, but you don't want, I'm not grabbing one of those things out of the basket. Uh Uh-uh. Maybe you want to text, okay? Text, uh, learn more to this number, 555-888. And there'll be a process. There'll be a little interaction. And end of the story, we'll mail one to you, okay? All right? Maybe you got your hand full with the kids or something. Listen. Maybe you received Jesus today and you want to pray about it. You want to rejoice with somebody. Maybe you're carrying a burden around that you've just been carrying. Maybe you've got a storm that now God's put that to rest. But you know what? you got 20 more that you're dealing with. Let's just be honest. And you want prayer. You want somebody to come alongside of you. Let's approach the throne of grace that God resides on. Let's do that together. If that's you, just stay right where you are in your seat and someone will come to you. And you can pray together. Listen, as we go from here, 
Let's not be the same. By God's grace, let's allow his truth to change us, all right? As we write it, as we think it, as we say it, as we live it, let's be a changed people in the name of Jesus Christ. I love you guys. Have a great week. Peace. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.